Hey everyone, this is Heather and you're listening to Simply Healed with Heather Leonard and clearly Stitch, the French Bulldog, who is happily making a lot of noise in the background today. So today's topic of conversation is perfectionism. I could have just titled it one of the worst problems in today's society and it would have been equally um, (laughs) descriptive of the topic today. So stick around, you're not going to want to miss this one. Thanks for joining guys. The word perfectionism just sounds icky to me. (laughs) Oh man, is it a problem though in today's society. It is everywhere. I actually would go as far as to say I think it's one of the biggest reasons for this whole catfishing problem that's going on. I'll get into that later. But man, when we hold ourselves to impossible standards, how can we ever feel good enough? It's like... We are creating our own problem with feeling secure and confident by making it so that this standard is beyond. And you know what? Nobody measures up to perfectionism. Like nobody is perfect. So why? Why, why, why do we expect that in a partner? Why do we expect it from our doctors? Why do we, you know, expect perfect teachers for our children? Why do we expect our kids to be perfect? It is just kind of becoming a all-in problem in today's society. You know, if you ask just my own personal opinion on the matter, I think if we just all, I don't want to say lower our standards, it's great to have high standards. We want our teachers to be you know, something and someone worth looking up to. You know, we want to set high standards, but boy, oh, it's like over the top when the word perfect comes into play. And I feel like when people talk about meeting their perfect soulmate, oh boy. I mean, relationships just can't compare to that. And I will say like, listen, I I met the love of my life. I had my beautiful soulmate partner in this life but nothing is perfect. You know, it didn't start that way. It didn't start like everything was all perfection. And you have to go through these trials and tribulations to almost earn the right to even have something that is held to such a standard that it's even like, you know, worthy of a word like soulmate. I mean, but boy, I mean, I watch in my own children this strive for perfectionism and I battle with my own inner like desire to try to help my kids achieve better because when we're pushing our kids to try to do the best work put in their best effort I mean it's like we're almost saying what you're currently doing is not good enough so it's a tough little battle right just like constantly you know you can make that better you can make that better but oh it's okay to have imperfections you don't have to be perfect it's like we're talking out both sides of our mouth How are kids supposed to ever navigate that? I mean, as an adult, I can barely navigate all of that. You know, you see these images on TV and magazines. And I mean, I'm not going to get into all of the body image stuff and all that because, whew, that could be a whole, that could be a whole season. Forget an episode. Um, But there's, there's a lot of other places, I'm sorry, that it comes into play in our world and in our lives every day. I just turned on my TV and saw... The, the television show Catfish and that was I was just reminded of like my brain started to think how do people ever come to this like what on earth is going on here why is this generation dealing with this constant um mind game you know of like not even being able to trust 
somebody that you are meeting. Well, I mean, just look at where our world is today. It's like digital everything, you know, social media friends. Um, these We're dating online. Everything that we do, we barely even have social connection anymore. But also, people are so fearful of being their own authentic self that they're willing to hide behind this, ah, man, it's like a persona. It's just this entire remake of a, you know, artificial person. I mean, even if when you're stealing someone else's photos, um, it's not even like that's good enough. Like, it's like we're creating a new personality, a new, you know, they're, they're telling these stories of a life that's so perfect. Um, the ironic part is that most often when all this, like, if you watch that show play out in the end, it's almost always the same sort of ending where people are like, you know what? I, if you had just been honest, you know, or even now, if you could just own this, um, but man, that like need to hold up an image and continue to like, you know, I don't know, <laughs> authenticity people. It's like, that's what we want, really. Like, I don't care if my kid's teacher is perfect. I'd rather have an imperfect teacher for my child and have them teach my child how it's okay to be imperfect and how guess what? When we fail, we're learning from that. And that's great and beautiful. I don't want somebody to like hold them to a perfect standard. Um, I think I mentioned this in an early episode, but only because it hit me so hard in my heart when my friend told me this, that her daughter drew a picture in second, let me think for a second. I think it was second grade of like a whale or something and, and presented it to her teacher and the teacher told him it wasn't good enough and threw it away. Um, and it's just, whew. I get like, I am all for pushing our kids to say, you're not doing your own personal best. This goes for adults as well in the workplace, at home. Like not doing your own personal best to me is so unacceptable. And I've talked about this at length too with the, you know, giving it your 110 or 150%. But personal standards aside, like, I just think that doing your own personal best, it's not perfect. Is anybody ever so perfect that if you're doing your personal best, it's perfection? I mean, even people that seem to perfect a point or skill in their life are not a wholly perfect person. Holy W H O, <laughs> not holy in the H O L Y, um, but you know what I mean. They're not um, complete in their perfection. Nobody is, you know. Even if we do master a skill, it's like okay, you could be, you could hit every perfect note in a song and yet still not be perfect. Nobody's perfect. Your voice could crack. You could, even if you sang it so perfectly and completely, are you always on the top of your game in every aspect of your life? You know, and just, it's so sad because now we're creating anxieties. We're creating, you know, kids that are growing up into adults that just feel like they're not enough. They have to hide behind you know, and someone else's image, they have to hide behind a computer screen, they have to tell lies, they can't be their own imperfect self. I mean, I'm seeing a shift, don't get me wrong. 
Um, I think this next coming generation might be a beautiful thing to witness because I definitely see more and more people embracing others for being their own true selves, for being honest, for, you know, coming out and speaking their truths. And, you know, it's like this definitely a big hurrah push behind, like, building people up to be able to do that. I'm more concerned with are we allowing that for ourselves? Because even though I feel this movement towards more acceptance around being authentic and imperfect, I don't know that we're yet at the point where we give ourselves that same grace. You know, it's like, I am more than willing to support you and your imperfections, yet I must be on top of the mountain. <laughs> like, it's ridiculous. And I think more people embrace you and love you in your imperfections. I mean, look at this. I've got Stitch over here in the background, you know, snoring, snorting and itching and making all kinds of crazy sounds. And I could edit it, but I'm not. I am totally embracing my imperfections these days. And I want that for you too. I really do. Because I think if nothing else, you guys see me as a real person, you know, real things going on in my life. I'm not sitting in a fancy studio. I'm actually like... <laughs> <laughs> well, if you could just see the scene, it's pretty funny, but I'm using stuffed animals and things to hold up my microphone um, filter and like, it's kind of just, it is what it is. <laughs> I mean, it's like, do I make it have to be perfect or let it be messy and get it done? Because if it had to be perfect, I might be finally starting my podcast in about two or three years from now. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's not going to be, I'm not going to wait until the studio is all set up and perfect. No, I'm getting into it. Like, I'm doing this and I don't care. And I don't know that I'll ever edit down to the point, like some of my first early episodes I tried to edit and actually I think it sounded way more strange and broken and I don't know. Just if I stumble on my words, let it be so. I'm not looking at a script or a piece of paper. And isn't that what we want? We want people to speak from their heart not have the time to plan out every word and make it perfect and hit just so. Like, just talk, for goodness sakes. Like, start speaking your truth and be really okay with whatever reactions you get because <laughs> it's not on you, right? You know, not everybody has to love me. And that is something I've come into this last year of my life more than ever. Like, I... I am not everybody's person and I'm so okay with that because that's exhausting. Perfection is exhausting. I mean, could you imagine having to be everything to everyone? Oh, like people have such high standards as it is. Like I think it's hard to please just one person completely and totally, let alone if you were trying to be everybody's everything and then being so offended by the people who didn't accept you or who, you know, I mean, I mean, I had a guy just this morning decide to leave the Facebook group that um, he was in. But guess what? He said on his way out, he feels as though he's now at a place where he's good on his own and thanks me for what I did and wished me well and good luck with moving forward and thinks it's a wonderful thing that I did. Now, old me would have been like, wait, what? Why? Where are you going? I don't understand. What happened? Did somebody offend you? Did something happen? Did No. It is what it is. Now, it could be that he said, got what I needed to and whatever. It could also be like, not digging the vibe or don't really love what you're saying. But again, it's not for me to care or know or worry about because I can't control him. 
And I certainly don't want to tailor my message to make everybody happy. It would be very easy for me, especially with what I'm doing. If I wanted to make tons of sales, I could easily go in, see what the complaints are, see what people are, you know, and then make my next um, time that I'm going to do a live, I could talk to all those pain points and get everybody like raising their hand and signing up. I'm not doing that. I've decided instead I'm going to make my agenda based on what I think people need and need to hear and what will help them to get better and then it resonates or it doesn't for them. You know what I mean? Like have some faith anyway in what you're doing and what you're saying and that it's going to hit the right people, which is beautiful because then your inner circle will be the right people. Like if you're just out there to please everyone all the time, it will be that you might be surrounded by people, but not all like your type of people that really feel the same way you do, love what you do, you know, really gel with you. I know I'd rather have an audience, a very small audience of people who, you know, we connect on several points on several things and we're tight and close and hear each other and feel each other's heart than to have hundreds of thousands of people. But most of them are kind of like, Oh my gosh, can you believe she said this? Or, oh my gosh, I'm so offended by that. Like, no, I don't need that. What I do need is the people that need to hear the message I'm giving and are, who are open-minded, receptive to like, just looking inside a little bit with what I say and saying, hey, does this relate to anything in my life? If it doesn't, that's fine too. Even the people you connect with the most and are like the most like and have the most in common with and stuff, you're still going to have points that you don't always see eye to eye on. Um, you know, old me would have been like really worried about all those things. But boy, when you retire and hang up the um, perfectionism belt and the, um, you know, people pleasing, you know, badge that you're wearing, oh my gosh, is your world lighter so much easier, so, so much better. Um, you know, and it, and it even is reflected within my Facebook group that I started because I will tell you when I first started out and I was letting absolutely everybody in, um, that was tough because you're going to get all types, um, people who are just never going to be happy no matter what you do. And that actually ends up causing more headaches in your world and makes things even more difficult to deal with. And then the people that really needed to receive my message weren't getting my time and attention because I was having to deal with all these other things. So in a hurry, I saw that really reflect in my world and, you know, more so now than ever, I've been able to shed that worry, you know, around all of that. How am I received? Done. Don't care. <laughs> you know, I really feel like I'm not answering to anybody these days. I'm just being so honest and authentic. And then if it hits, it does. And if it doesn't land, it doesn't land. That's okay. I do believe that, you know, the right people will be brought to you that need you and what you have to offer. And my husband and I always held real close to this, that we kept our friend groups small and tight I mean, we had a lot of friends and we actually knew most of our community, 
But like the people that we really considered our true best friends and close people, we kept that really small. But for a reason, like think about it this way. How much of you is there to really go around? And then if you start with your family, let's say that's the core center of everything. And if you gave all of the best and right amount of time that each person within just your core family deserved to have, you know, like I'm not talking about like, yeah, well, as a family, we'll have dinner tonight and then we'll be doing a million things this weekend and whatever. But nope, not what I mean. I mean like one-on-one time. Let's say you have three children. You spend one-on-one time with each and every one of those kids connecting, asking how their day was, knowing their friends, you know, getting invested in their world and being a part of every activity that they have and knowing who their friends are, who's getting along, who's not, what teacher do you like, all that stuff. Like if you really connect on that level to the people most important to you and your core family, how much more of you is there left to go around after you've given each member of your immediate family the deserved time that they you know, really should be having from you? And so that was where we started. And then when we expanded that circle to then our, you know, extended family, I say extended, but even like, you know, my kids' grandparents and our siblings and their kids, you know, nieces and nephews and whatnot. And once you've now expanded to that circle and then you give of yourself to all of those people, what is left? You know, I mean, you really to have like 30 close friends, I just... Everybody's going to get a sh- like this tiny little, you know, fleck of what I am. And I'd rather give all of myself um, in a friendship and have time to spend and connect and do things together on the weekends or, you know, share texts during the day or whatever with the people who are important to me. Uh, and so we made a deliberate choice to sort of like, make that group real small. Um, but it is important to just also, you know, keep your, keep your connections and community. You know, we always, we never let that go. And it's just that when you really talk about your time and your energy and, you know, not having regret and all of these things that we talk about, um, in this show, I think one of the key things is to really, let go of perfectionism, be your true authentic self. And then those that are attracted to that real version of you who will love you no matter what, don't always have to see eye to eye, but will still, you know, be present for you and like support you and who you are and what you are and what you believe in. Those are your people, you know? Um, If you think about in terms of your health, aiming for perfectionism, you can quickly see where it could fall apart easily if you start stacking these high expectations. So I'm gonna get into this in more detail after the break. Don't go anywhere. And uh, thanks for joining on the first half. Connection Beyond Struggle for a Grieving Soulmate is the name of my new Facebook group and I almost can't even call it new now. Um, it's growing like crazy and I love it. I love the support inside of it. Um, I love being able to help coach people through one of the hardest times in their life. And if you or someone you know could benefit from that and that feeling of support and community, um, 
just grab the link in my description today and hopefully I'll see you on the inside. All right, guys, thanks so much and back to the show. My husband had a perfect heart rate, a perfect blood pressure, perfect cholesterol, perfect BMI, which is a body mass index. Um, he had perfect blood sugar. He had a perfect hairline. <laughs> he had perfect respiratory rate, perfect pulse oximetry. Like, I mean, you, every test, blood test, whatever, everything was perfect, right? Every time they said that to him, it was like everything within normal range, everything perfect. Guess where my husband is today? Yeah, he passed from cancer. So why am I saying this? Um, I am definitely not telling you not to try to get all of your numbers within normal range. Actually, I think that should be a goal of yours. But when we talk about perfectionism and holding ourselves to a standard of being perfect, it doesn't allow for flaws and we are flawed as people. I try every day to keep my blood sugar within a range of numbers that is considered normal and healthy. And I fail often. And if I held myself to that standard and at that failure crumbled, threw in the towel and decided that I can't do this, it's impossible, it will be. I have to continue to pick up the pieces, try again, and do my best. Not do it perfect, not shoot for perfection, but doing my best. And I think the reason so many people quit, um, even let's talk about weight loss, you know, when people have these goals to shed pounds or gain muscle or whatever. If you're constantly looking at the numbers on the scale or, you know, the circumference of your bicep, whatever it is, it's going to feel a lot like you're just failing right and left. And why bother continue trying when you're not getting your goal? And I'm here to say that like when, when you allow for yourself to not always be perfect, to falter and then get back up, that is how you succeed. Because you know what? It's amazing. If you look into anything, like when I started blogging, I heard this. When I started podcasting, I heard this. When I started a business, I heard this. When you look at weight loss, I hear this. I have heard this in every single aspect of my life, that most people that succeed are the people that continue within an industry or within a whatever. The people who are always failing are the giver-uppers. And we all do it. I was even told when I started my blog that you will likely not be doing this again in like two years from now. And actually, they weren't wrong. I did give up. Why? I wasn't seeing success with it. But not in the way that like, oh, I'm not making all these sales. I'm not making like these huge months um, like they were promising. I knew all that. I ended up pivoting because I saw a better path to my end goal. But they weren't wrong in saying that those that actually were still in it, like if I look to the people that started when I started and that are still continuously posting two or three times a week or whatever it is, um, they are seeing success now. And similarly with this podcast, you know, I'm 
getting up there towards the thousand download mark soon. And, you know, I know that persistence is what wins this game. Um, And it's hard when you don't get immediate um, satisfaction, you know, we're just like a society that loves that immediate reward. Um, And it doesn't work that way. The way that you actually get to the things you want, whether it be in business or health or, you know, even just teaching our kids something is to be consistent and to not give up and to continue when the road is tough, to keep going when you're not seeing the results, to just know that longevity is the name of the game, you know, and that those that continue will finally see that success. It's so hard when you're not getting that reward and that, like, you know, I don't know. For, I think, most of us, the way that we, like, gauge success is whatever that end goal was, that box gets checked fully. But if I look, like, I might not have checked that end box that I had set as a goal for blogging. But I had people walking up to me saying I changed their whole world, that they were following. No matter what I did, they were going to continue to read it. And it was so helpful, helped them on their journey. Isn't that success? Like, I guess I could have continued just based on that alone. Um, For me, the reason that I didn't was because I just know that there were other ways for me to be a little more honest and hit a bigger audience and all these things. But anyway... My, my point here is just that, like, when you really feel like, you know, your end goal is just not going to be achievable anymore, don't give up then, you know? Um, sometimes it's just continuing and trying different ways, uh, but, but it's the continuing. It's that part that, like, a lot of us just throw the towel in on because, like, man, I'm trying, I'm not getting there. At what point do you finally say enough's enough's enough? Um, you know, and I'm I'm certainly like, I gave myself a deadline when I started all my business stuff. And I even said it was like, like this October, which <laughs> is in weeks, um, and or the end of this year. Like by, you know, all of that, I needed to know that there was some type of success. I did set like a, like, you know, end goal. But it was like two years out when I started. I said like, I give myself these two years. The first year I give to build, I give the second year to then try to like, you know, go from like learning it all to now trying to make money. And then that's when you know, okay, I've spent a whole year learning it all, the ins and outs, creating the business, starting the stuff. Then the second year I've committed myself to understanding it takes time and money to like get to the point of making money, like those things. Like if you set good, reasonable goals, But never did I say, like, I mean, what would be my... Okay, so if you said, Heather, what is your perfect end scenario? Oh, what would anybody's be, right? Hitting tons and tons of listeners and um, transformations and selling a bunch of my program and, um, you know, whatever. I mean, that's a big astronomical goal. Then it would be easy to be like, meh, never going to get there by then. I'm done. You know what I mean? Like... It's not even, I mean, people say all the time it's the journey, not the, the end, right? Like, enjoy the journey. Well, I do get it more now. And the journey is so much more enjoyable if you're not trying to make it perfect. Do you know what I mean? Like, I knew I had about an hour to record this today. And 
I knew it would take me probably about an hour and a half because <laughs> I had a couple things to, that I wanted to look up. I had a couple things like that are open on my laptop. I wanted to close out and do that. like there's other things that were going to make it take a few extra minutes today and setting up in here and whatever. But I mean, I could have just said, eh, don't, the time doesn't allow. I'm just not going to do it. No, I'm just going to do it. And then if I have to stop it in the middle of it and come back and record the second half when my kids are home from school and yelling in the background, oh, well, you know, like letting it be easy and not making it so hard has made it so much more enjoyable of a journey because before old me <laughs> would have been like, nope, I need, like, I should have started at 9am and I would have made sure that I like, you know, had proper amount of time and the perfect whatever. And, and then what, like, you know, I would never have gotten to do half the things I did today that I actually really enjoyed and that made my Saturday better by getting a head start on. And like, I don't know. I, my point is just this, that if you make it stink, using proper language, uh, <laughs> if you make it stink, then it's not fun. And then who cares even if it is perfect and it is, and the end goal is achieved. If in the end, yeah, you lost all the weight, but you hated everything it took to get there. Like, great, you're in great shape and you can wear those jeans, but it was a miserable experience. Uh, for me, like, I mean, I'd rather be fitting in two sizes bigger and not have had it been miserable for the last few years. Better yet, find a way to get that end goal and enjoy the journey, right? Like find the activity that helps you lose the weight and feel good in your body that's enjoyable to do. Like there's a real gold. So that's really where I'm striving these days is to like, yes, I still want my same high standard end goal. I don't want to lower my standards, but I want to release the perfectionism. Let it be messy. Let it be easy. Let it be fun and enjoy the heck out of the journey because I don't want my end of days to be looking back over a life unfulfilled, you know, miserable times and experiences. But hey, I got the nice house I wanted and I'm driving the car I wanted and I put my kids through college, but I hated every second of it. <laughs> like, that's terrible. You know, like I, I know a lot of people like just stripped of their lives far too early and you just hope that they got this message loud and clear before it, that came to pass because a life unfulfilled is such a disappointment you know it's not about being perfect it's about having done the things you wanted to do and enjoyed the journey on the way you know and for us parents out there it's about making sure that the next generation understands that fully too so what example are you setting I think about that all the time these little eyes are like they're sponges and they're watching everything my kids are so cute. Like they even know the numbers of like downloads and things. And my littlest one's like, mom, are you famous now? Uh, no, <laughs> nor do I want to be. Let's talk about that. Like, where does this come from? This generation that like, I don't know, everybody's like, gotta be a YouTube star. Like the second, like you have a little success with something like a podcast like this or on my YouTube channel, my kids want to know, like, if I'm famous, like, nope, I'm not Mr. Beast. I'm not a uh, getting all those downloads, nor do I want that. <laughs> but the fact that they think that that's like an achievable standard for just like any, you know, average Joe, <laughs> it's like the new generation that now, like, you know, my, my generation, it was like, they wanted to be all famous athletes. Now you hear more and more that they just want to be, you know, famous YouTubers or 
whatever it is. But, um, you know, I do applaud that they don't place limitations on themselves. They certainly shoot high and believe anything is achievable, which is absolutely beautiful to watch. But um, I'm hoping that my kids kind of get from me that the importance in life is not about how many people know your name. It's not about, you know, being in the spotlight. It's about how do you transform other people and help them, you know, internally to be better themselves. That to me is a, like those are the famous people. Those are the, those are the life changing movers of the world that I want to aspire to be like. Um, no more of the days of wanting to be the famous singer, um, actor, athlete. For me, the true successful people that I want to mirror and that I hope to to be like are the people that just inspire others. And it doesn't have to be. 50 million people that watch, you know, I, I would settle for a one by one, but all the better, you know, these days, if I'm moving in the, you know, the twenties or the 30 people at a time, it's great and it's powerful. And, you know, I don't really, it's not about the audience. It's about, you know, like you could have an audience of 10,000 people and only two people are really listening and it's sinking in. I would much rather have a captivated audience who really kind of takes it in and, and then take stock on their own life and like tries to apply what I'm saying. They're not just hearing it, but it's like changing them a little bit, like making them think about how they look at things. That's good stuff, you know? And I just want my kids to get that from me that like, I don't even care. Like put me on Oprah. That's fine. I'm still like that. I don't care about that. I care about like, Oh good. How many listeners do you have? <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like when I was a kid, it would have been like, Oh my gosh, I was on TV. It would have been such a cool thing. I remember even being in the audience. We went to Disney. Um, I think they had like a Nickelodeon studio or something that I was at with the slime. I don't know if anybody else experienced this when they were younger, but you used to be able to sit like in the audience of the show. Um, <laughs> anyway, I remember just being excited about that. Like just being like in an audience in the background where you might see me for five seconds as the camera panned by. Like that was a big deal. Oh my gosh. Now I'd settle for like blending into the wallpaper. But, um, you know, I really want people to, to kind of just hear what I have to say and hopefully transform them a little bit because life taught me a lot in a short amount of time. And I hate that, but, um, man, if it can inspire somebody else through what I've been through, I love that. So, you know, I always look for the silver lining and everything. And if nothing else, you know, I do have a platform now to sort of be heard. And I've, um, you know, I think sometimes when major things like that happen to you, people listen better. I hate that. Oh, there's a country song about that right now. Like, anyway, the whole point is that don't just wait until people pass to all of a sudden like listen to their message or until people have traumas and things to like suddenly listen to what they have to say. You know, there's a lot of really good information out there now. And uh, I hate that like, yeah, in a big way, um, you know, this tragedy that we went through as a family has led to more people being, you know, willing to, to hear how I've done what I've done and how I'm able to like, you know, still be upbeat and positive and try to inspire others and, and help other people through this when I'm still hurting and healing myself. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I wish in a perfect world, my husband could be my big cheerleader in my corner right now. I mean, he probably still is. I, I know him well enough to know he hasn't gone far, but, um, I just mean like, man, to still be able to have him alive here with me 
and be able to say words like this. The thing is, would I have really been myself in a position to really be heard and to speak from this place, you know? So, yeah, I mean, be mad at, I don't know, the circumstances or whatever that you've been dealt because it does stink that, you know, these things, but we all have our things. Um, you know, it's, I think if we all started to live a little more in our truth zone and, and sort of share and help others and do all this stuff, like maybe sometimes some of these tragedies wouldn't have to happen to us. Maybe sometimes it's like, you know, I always say God's gifts in these little, you know, the unanswered prayers of sorts. Like, you know, sometimes these things happen to you, but in order for you to then be able to inspire or to, you know, turn your life around or whatever. Like a lot of the times things like people's recoveries or things like, um, you know, these tragedies that you come through are the whole reason that like others will look at you and, and feel inspired. So you know, doing your life as though like you have an audience, that's pretty cool. Like if you live that way and you like act as if everybody sort of does have their eyes on you, maybe that's enough to rise up and be the full version of you that you need without aiming for perfect. You know, I mean, just it's like, you know, act through morals and values thinking like there's a million kids with these little sponge brains taking in what you're doing and act that way. Not like a million eyes are watching you to see if you can perform perfectly and, you know, say all the right things and hit all the right notes and make all the baskets or, you know, whatever it is. Like, it's not, I don't even think people care about that so much. I like, think about it this way. The coolest athletes that I've ever like, just absolutely loved are the ones that, yeah, they go out there and they play a great game, but when they get off the court, they like pull the kid from the audience that like caught the ball. They give them a jersey. They give them a moment where they like build them up and inspire them. Like those are the ones that I'm like, oh my God, did you see how wonderful they are? Like how cool is that? I think that's the stuff. Like let's forget all this other stuff. Let's start really trying to aspire to be like the right people. <laughs> you know, I mean boy, some of these actors and actresses and things like you see these court cases and stuff sometimes and you think, oh my gosh, I can't believe that. Like there's like a whole fleet of people that have been looking to this person as though they are a role model when boy, like really, we don't even know the first thing about most of these celebrities. We don't know anything that goes on behind closed doors. And then when we do, it's usually a pretty scary and shocking thing where like, I don't want my kids modeling after that. I certainly don't want them aiming for perfection, but I also don't want them to think that these crazy messy lives that they see on TV are perfectionism, that those are what they should be like aspiring for. That's even more frightening, right? Not only are they aiming for perfect, they think perfect is, is this crazy weird fantasy world that isn't that at all. That's terrifying. <laughs> Anyway, I hope that like, just to give a little nod to the fact that like, I can't talk about perfectionism without at least saying like, I feel as though, and this might just be my own naiveness because I barely, you know, I've got kids that are right now in third and seventh. So like on the cusp, but boys may be a little slower than girls to be getting into this phase, but I'm seeing less than when I was a kid, I'll put it that way, of the like, um, pressure to be a perfect zero whose pant size for the girls and the perfect, you know, 
I'm seeing less of it doesn't mean it's not there. And I bet, I bet there's a lot of moms and dads out there listening right now going, oh, you have no idea. Um, but boy, do I hope for this next generation that they just let that go. That is not what's perfect. What's perfect is being able to be somebody who's confident in your own skin with your own ideas about things. You're not pushy. You're not throwing it down other people's throats. You're just authentically yourself without apologies um, and giving space for others to do the same thing. This world is so much more beautiful when everybody's doing their own thing. It's like obnoxious to watch people trying to fit into a norm. I mean, as a matter of fact, I'll tell you this much. I've never listened to a podcast before. And I started a podcast. So I didn't go out and listen to 30 of them to see and get an idea how they're done. I just was like, hey, this would be cool. Like, I literally just threw this together on my own without any. And then, you know, I found out, oh, yeah, you can put like, you know, commercials in and you can add music. And like, I learned it as I went. But I actually still, even even going through some training, like finding out how to do those things, I still never listened to someone else's, which was wild. Um, but for that very reason, and actually people keep trying to throw books my way, like, oh my gosh, you would love this. It's so inspirational. It's really good. It's got a lot of stuff about grieving and whatever. And I know that's your space. Like you should read this. And I refuse. Not because I don't want to grow because I do. I always turn to coaches and stuff. I think that's huge. The best coaches have coaches. I just don't want to read other people's books when I'm writing a book. I don't want to listen to another podcast when I'm doing a podcast. Like that to me is important because... I think it will cross from inspiration into influence. And I don't want to be influenced by other people's thing and how they do things. I just want to do it my way because that's what keeps it authentic and real to me. Um, so I'm big on that. Like I'm always like, oh, you know, I, I always say look to others for inspiration, but, you know, really don't model after them in that way. And I, for me, the only way is pure separation. Like I just know... You know, it, I don't know if any of you have this, but like, have you ever tried harmonizing? It's called, it's like when you're singing and one person's doing like one part of a song and you kind of like stray off and improvise. Um, anyway, where I'm going with this is sometimes it's really hard when you're hearing somebody else's to not kind of go their way. And if you ever try to harmonize, you might know what I mean. Like, it's hard when you can hear the other part of the song that you already know how it goes to not start to sing that part. <laughs> oh boy. I don't know if that's a good example or not. I don't know how many singers are listening, but um, yeah, like it's just, <sighs> I like to be inspired by my day to day, my own life, my observations, what I see in the news, what I hear on TV, thoughts that race through my mind. <laughs> oh, I don't know. Like, just ideas that I have and I like to share them and pass them on so hopefully it does serve to inspire you in some way and I hope some of this hits for you because perfectionism is just it's not a thing anymore guys <laughs> we're letting that go our generation is gonna let go of perfectionism no one wants it <laughs> we're over it we are us that's it we're the generation of this is me love me for it. <laughs> right? Or move on and find someone else you love better. That's fine too. <laughs> oh, all right, guys. Well, for me, it's a Friday. When you hear this, it'll probably be a Wednesday or later. But um, either way, thanks for joining. And I hope you continue to come back and listen to more messages and inspiration. All right. Have a great day, guys.